Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and I'm presenting this podcast to get your inner Frenchie vibes going. We will chat about our French experiences and have guests who live in both France and Australia with ideas of how to connect to the Francophile within you. I would love your feedback on anything you'd like to hear on this podcast. So head over to the website, lulabellesfrancophiles.com, and let me know your thoughts and ideas. And today, for the very first episode of Lulabelle's Francophiles, I am joined by my beautiful friend, Christina Jenkins, who enabled my very first trip to Paris. Welcome to you, Christina. Thank you so much, Lou, and thank you for inviting me to your inaugural episode of Lula Bell's Francophiles. Thank you. I'm very privileged and looking forward to our chat today about Paris. Yes, so let's talk a bit about that and how it came to be that you were able to have me tag along with you to France. Sure. Well, I used to work in a role that uh, I was very privileged to work in with the International Forum for Volunteering and Development, and that took me all around the world that job and uh, I did have a trip back in 2013 where I had the hotel room organised and we had a little chat about it and um, you'd always wanted to go to Paris and the next thing you know one of our little chats led into the reality of, of you coming along and um, I'll never forget on the aeroplane how many pair, pairs of boots you had on the way there either, Lou. <laughs> I, I took over too many shoes and I bought too many more when I was there as well. I recall we went, first of all, to London and we went to stay with your beautiful friend, Micah, and we That's stayed right. on Micah's floor and then Micah came with us as well. So the three of us went and had a long weekend in Paris after we'd spent some time with her. And then after that... Um, Micah went back home to London and I stayed on with you while you were working at your conference. That's right, that's right. And, I think- and we stayed in a most gorgeous little place in the Marai area. Uh, yep. it, was, it was so picturesque. It was a beautiful like a apartment. It was a beautiful apartment in the Marai and it was on the sixth floor. Uh, I was less experienced at that point about booking accommodation in Paris than I am now, didn't think to book somewhere with a lift. So we had the six flights to go up and down to be able to take all of our uh, uh, luggage. And when you went downstairs uh, on the beginning of a trip out for the day, you wanted to make sure you had everything with you because when you got to the bottom and discovered it was raining, you had to walk all the way back up the six flights to get your your umbrella and then come down to start again. But it was a beautiful place. Lots of trips up and down those stairs, which might have burnt off one or two rosés. Yes, that's right. Well, from that point that Micah went home, I had a bit of alone time in Paris while you worked, um, but we'll hear more about that in a minute. Now, for our Francophile uh, listeners, uh, Christina has a particular need, uh, whether at home or away. It's an affliction that unfortunately... I am not struck with, but Christina needs to run and not just a little jog, uh, but you run about 14 kilometres two or three times a week. Is that right for stress relief and general health? Yeah, pretty much. I do a nice long run well before this lockdown on Sundays. Uh, I I did about a 14k run and then a few other 9k runs throughout the week and it's my absolute meditation and um 
you know, it just balances me out in Keeps life and, and I do love it. So everywhere I, I go and travel, I always investigate running options. Um, I particularly like to stay in places where there's a running machine, especially in that role when there wasn't much time to go out and explore. Mm. Um, yeah, I booked accommodation online and I did check that they had a gym, which they confirmed, but when I got there, there was some bizarre old manual running machine which I've never come across in my life so a little tip to travelers so if you are booking a hotel that has a running machine you might want to check that it's actually electric and plugs into the wall and perhaps even get them to send you a photo of their gym before you rock up thinking that you're going to get a workout done so I took to the streets of Paris for my runs after that and I got to experience some absolutely magnificent runs for me it's such a special way of seeing a city or or a part of the world Um, in so many places I've met amazing people on my runs I've seen things from a local perspective I suppose and when you're walking or running around you can you're seeing the world from a totally different perspective so it's it's quite amazing so some people may think it's odd to want to run whilst on holidays I imagine but we're not always that active when we're sightseeing there's a lot of meandering around and probably a lot more eating than what we would usually do at home so when traveling with large groups it might be a way of ensuring that you get some time to yourself too and potentially even escape the kids for a short break if you're traveling with children so how did you discover um where you were going to run in paris or um you know were there particular considerations to take into account when choosing a place um to run whilst traveling yeah, well, in that area where we stayed, it was a, it was mostly street running. But then I looked up some um, some longer runs, and we got to go to uh, have a beautiful run in the Jardin de Luxembourg. Yes, and I remember that, that. That's one I highly recommend. I mean, you're seeing um, monuments, it's you know, that are hundreds of years old, and mm. pieces of history dotted all throughout your runs, and um, as well as smelling things like crepes and. Um, hearing people in the park it's it's just it really is um a, a lovely way to see see things are there websites to fi- help find places to run in paris there are plenty of websites and there's this great run on that i've heard about um it's a it's an unusual run through paris it's the promenade plante and it and it's a park that runs along a line of Uh, I think it spans about four to five kilometres and it's built on top of a disused railway line in the east of Paris and it starts from Bastille and the first part is elevated on the Viaduct des Arts before crossing the Jardin de Rouli and it finally goes down to the ground level through through, um, some tunnels at its end and it sounds amazing. I wish I had have done that one in person, but um, I've heard about that one since. So you'll have to go back when, there for that this, one. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put this those... whole conversation is making me want to be back there. I think that's the whole thing at the moment. Everyone wishes that they could go and travel again right now. Um, I'll put links to those runs on the website so um, listeners can just go to lilabellsfrancophiles.com to check them out. Um, now, Chris, as we said earlier, you were working on this trip. So whilst you were hard at work, I was having a lovely holiday. I was spending quite a bit of my days alone um, after Micah went home to London. Um, Apart from a couple of catch-ups with some friends who live there in Paris as well, I have one particular day. It was our last day in Paris before coming home and it sticks in my mind even now as I was struck by 
beautiful meetings with two strangers on that day. Both these strangers have left lasting memories with me and I'm sure I'll never forget those experiences. Um, So I'll paint a bit of a picture for you. I went in the morning to the catacombs in Paris and for our listening francophiles who don't know, the catacombs are a series of tunnels down underneath Paris where all the bones from many of the Paris cemeteries were moved generations ago. They're all arranged in quite beautiful displays down there under Paris. Um, it sounds odd as their bones, but wandering through there is quite an amazing experience. I was walking through behind some Americans who were loudly exclaiming things about the bones, and at one point I laughed out loud at something they said, and so did another bloke who was walking near us, so I knew then that he also spoke English. And he and I struck up a conversation as we moved through the various tunnels, and when we got to the exit, he agreed to show me the way to the Shakespeare & Co bookshop that I'd was wanting to look forward to move to next. And it turns out that his name was Patrick and he was quite a handsome, I must say, as I recall, a Canadian astronomer working at the Bonn University in Germany, but he was working at the observatory in Paris for a couple of weeks. Um, and we walked down the centre median strip of a long road, which Patrick explained was known as the Paris Meridian. And we wandered through kids playing bocce and bizarrely their school playground was in the middle of the road, which was odd. But we walked through garden strips and other snippets of Parisian life going on around us. And this long line, the Paris Meridian, was the line that ran through the centre of, Par- of Paris historically. And it was once the prime meridian for the world, like the Greenwich Meantime line is now. And Patrick explained how the Paris Observatory, which was built around 1670, has a little hole in the wall on the first floor. The sun comes through that hole, shining a beam of light along a lead line in the stone floor. And the place that the sun hits on the lead line showed the astronomers back then what angle to place their telescope on so they could monitor the night sky and the movement of the Earth. Now, I was completely fascinated by this story because I was walking the actual line at the time as he was telling it to me and walking with a stranger. So Patrick took me past the actual Paris Observatory building, which he'd just been telling me about, which is exquisite in itself, and then delivered me to the bookstore that I was looking for. And at the end of all of that, we shook hands and he left me there. But the walk along the Paris Meridian has always just stayed with me um, as a lovely memory. So I left Patrick to go and lose myself for a while in the bookstore, Shakespeare and Co. on the left bank in the Latin Quarter that Hemingway made famous. I then had lunch in my fave cafe on the Ile Saint-Louis called Café Saint-Regis behind Notre Dame. And I also had a stop at a little wine tasting shop in a hole in the wall in the Marais. And it was after this with my final stop of the day that I had my second interaction with a stranger. I caught the metro out to Père Lachaise Cemetery. It's where many famous people are buried, like Oscar Wilde, Jim Morrison of the Doors, Chopin and Edith Piaf. But it was the war memorial where I stopped to see the memorial to the soldiers who liberated Paris at the end of World War II, where I met an old woman. Now, she would have been, back then, 80 or 90. She was tending to the memorial for the French Jews who died during the war, and she asked me if I had family in the war, if that's why I was there looking at the memorial. Now, my French wasn't great at that time, but I was able to explain that my grandfather fought in the Pacific, and then the old woman went on to talk about her childhood as a Jewish child in German-occupied Paris during the war and how she lost her family, and it started hailing while we were there talking. So in the end, we were both drenched, we were hugging, and we were in tears. And it was just a beautiful moving end to a perfect 
Paris Day. So, Chris, I've never chatted about this with you really before now, but I've always wanted to thank you for the opportunity you gave me to visit Paris for the first time and to start my love affair with France. So thank you so much Uh for that. An absolute pleasure. But you've just nailed it, Lou. That, that, that is the beauty of travelling. And whilst we can't travel, we can still try and recreate these experiences of human connection in our little, little bubble and, you know, take the time to interact with people and and learn about their lives. And you never know where it may take you. Obviously, you have to be careful and um, cautious, but also have an open heart to these experiences. Absolutely. And connections. So thank you so much for chatting to us today about your running experience in Paris. Thank you, Lou. Well, we'll put links and photos to go with our chat today on the lulabellsfrancophiles.com website for anyone wanting to find out more info. So thank you again and au revoir, Christina. Au revoir, Lou. Each episode of Lillabelle's Francophiles, we will feature some French culture, but that doesn't mean we only concern ourselves with the traditional side of France. We will explore the well-known cultural aspects which tourists and Francophiles often look forward to, together with the new and modern version of France that continues to excite us all. So today we're going to hear a song by a French artist who was born in Nice but grew up in Paris, Ben Mazouet. Ben actually studied medicine before going into music at the age of 25, but he was clearly always a talented musician, having studied piano at the conservatory as a child. This song, J'attends, is from Ben's third album from 2017 called La Femme Ideale and features another French artist, Pom, on vocals with Ben. I think this song is perfect for us right now as it's a song about waiting, which is the title, J'attends. The lyrics talk about waiting for your lover to return when they're away, waiting for the love to come back to a loveless relationship, waiting to see how our children will turn out, waiting for something better, waiting for what's next. And right now we're all waiting to live our best lives after COVID, waiting to reunite with our loved ones, waiting for our beautiful friends, waiting for the fun to return. J'attends. C'est entièrement de ma faute, sache le ça si Nous deux sachons seuls souvent Ce n'est pas de ta faute, sache le ça si Nous deux s'attendre de temps en temps J'aimerais tant que ça marche, que je ne te dis pas tout Pour que tu me reviennes heureuse J'aimerais tant que ça marche, que je ne te dis pas tout Mais j'ai jamais cessé d'être amoureuse Alors j'attends que la vie passe Que le temps fasse son effet Et j'ai peur quand j'y pense D'oublier qui j'étais Mais j'attends De ton envie qu'elle ressuscite J'attends De ta colère qu'elle se dissipe J'attends De mon espoir qu'il se dissipe Non, prendre les choses en main J'attends De ton désir qu'il réussit J'attends De nos enfants qu'ils s'épanouissent J'attends De moi que je m'évanouis Devant Ce qui m'attend pour demain On retiendra de notre ambition Qu'elle était digne 
avec un soupçon d'utopie. On retiendra de notre passion qu'elle était fine, pas du genre de celle qui détruit. Mais j'aimerais tant que ça marche, que je m'habituerai à remettre mon titre en jeu. J'aimerais tant que ça marche, que je recommencerai s'il fallait, même si je pense qu'on peut faire encore mieux. Le temps passe et son effet J'ai peur quand j'y pense De m'éroder, de m'user Je t'en De ton envie qu'elle reste ici Je t'en De ta colère qu'elle se décide Je De mon espoir qu'il se décide Maintenant Prendre les choses en main Je qu'il réussit de nos enfants qu'il s'épanouit de moi que je m'épanouis ce qui m'attend pour demain pour demain Efforts, des retours et des corps qui se disent encore oui Tant qu'il y a tout autour du décor Des cœurs qui disent d'accord Qui ont encore envie Tant qu'il y a tout ça J'attendrai Tant qu'il y a tout ça J'attendrai Confiant que le temps Vienne lisser nos tourments ouais. Tant qu'il y a de l'amour Des efforts, des retours et des corps Qui se disent encore oui Tant qu'il y a tout autour du décor Des cœurs qui disent d'accord Qui ont encore envie Tant qu'il y a tout ça J'attendrai Tant qu'il y a tout ça J'attendrai Confiant que le temps Vienne lisser nos tourments by Ben Mazouet. If you'd like to hear it again, you can find the link to the YouTube clip on our website, lulabellsfrancophiles.com. And there is uh, some other French music that will be on there after every episode as well. Each episode of Lulabelle's Francophiles, we will highlight a favourite French dish or recipe. French food adds so much to the experience we adore when visiting France and now we can recreate these dishes here at home in Australia. So today's recipe is from my partner Paul and it's his recipe for one of my faves, bouillabaisse. He prepared it for dinner just this last week so it's fresh in my mind and on my taste buds. Anyone who loves seafood will be a fan of bouillabaisse, I would think. Fresh produce is best always However, some shortcuts won't change the overall result of this classic dish, such as using tinned tomatoes instead of fresh ripe tomatoes. 
This recipe mixes seafood such as fish, we used um, snapper and flatty tails, mussels, prawns, pippies or clams, crayfish tail, together with onion, tomato, fennel, herbs, fish stock and perno. Now, perno is a delicious French aperitif with an anise flavour. It's great served over ice, but also a beautiful, subtle flavour in this dish. And my Paul advises to beware of its seductive allure while cooking. But seafood is the absolute hero of this meal. Use whatever is local and fresh and serve it with warmed, crusty baguette brushed with oil and say magnifique. You can head to lulabellsfrancophiles.com for the written recipe as well as some pics of the delicious delight that we enjoyed this week. And c'est la tout. That is all for our premiere episode of Lulabelle's Francophiles. I hope you have enjoyed listening and daydreaming for 20 minutes or so of France. I would love your Frenchy ideas that you'd like to hear about. Francophilers can leave feedback on the lulabellsfrancophiles.com website and then together we can take this journey to share some of your story as well as my own. Sign up on the site too to be notified when new episodes come available. We can become immersed in a variety of experiences de français together and get our Frenchy vibes happening. Au revoir for now. Au revoir.